You're listening to The One Relationship, where we believe a strong marriage is the foundation for successful families, communities, and cultures. I'm Kate. And I'm Tanner. We're your hosts, and we've each had our share of unhealthy relationships. When we met, we committed to not repeat the mistakes of our past, so we set out to learn everything we could about creating a rock-solid marriage. Join us every week as we bring you real talk from our experiences, other married couples, and relationship professionals we trust. To start strengthening your marriage now, head over to theonerelationship.com and get access to our free marriage manifesto today. Hey, welcome back to The One Relationship. This is Tanner, and I'm here with my lovely co-host and wife, Kate. Uh, this Hi. episode is titled Three Weeks of Dot, Dot, Dot. <laughs> Little mystery there. Before we get into the story, though, we just want to remind you that we are hosting an upcoming challenge, the Arguments to Intimacy Challenge. Uh, you can sign up for that right now at argumentstointimacy.com. And we are on live on Facebook for a live episode. Uh, so if you're joining us live, I'm going to pull up the comments here real quick and see where you're coming in from. Drop a comment. Let us know where you're coming in from and what's happening in your world. So three weeks of, uh, I posted a <laughs> little over a month ago, a picture of an RV. And I said, hey, we're taking a trip and we're going to spend some time in one of these things over the, the coming weeks. Uh, what are your tips? And there were like over 100 tips. Uh, there were some awesome tips, some things we yeah. hadn't thought of. Uh, yeah, the two most prevalent things it, for me uh, were use plastic totes. We had a disagreement about what a tote was. So I'd love to know uh, if you're listening right now, when you hear the word tote, what is a tote? Is it a bag or is it like a thing? A plastic bin. That's like a plastic box. So we had a, a disagreement. A bin or a, or a bag. box? No, a bin or a bag. A What's bin a or a bag. Put How it in the chat. Is it a bin or a bag? Is it when you hear tote, <laughs> specifically plastic tote, is that a bin or a bag. So we had a big disagreement about what a tote was I'm still laughing at and uh, <laughs> how we were going to transport all of our, our crap from our life uh, for bin. the three Jonathan weeks. Jonathan says a bin. There we go. Uh, oh, we got some bag. bags. Oh, I wonder if I it's a female. I think it's a female male, male thing. Let's right? see. We, we we need some more of these to Dave see. Dave's bin. a bin. This Joe is definitely. Says a bin. Uh, Jimmy Jimmy's says on bag. the bag train. Okay. Jimmy's here. Thanks for always being Lynn here, Lynn says a bin. Okay. Well, I'm maybe a little it's not disappointed a... in Jimmy with the bag <laughs> comment, Yeah, but though. Lynn says a bin, so now Joe's on bin. Okay. It's not, not, not male, not female. female. Right. Here's the truth. Nothing is ever like, oh, all male, all female, right? There are certainly some things, and it's funny for us to see which way trends go and and sort of for might. the record tanner thought it was a bin we need plastic bins to put our things in so they're easily accessible in the rv and every time he started talking about it i'm like yeah well we have those reusable bags in the garage we'll just put things in the bags he's like what are you not understanding and laura and says a bin is a rubber made here in arkansas yes yeah. exactly um when you throw the word plastic in, you got to go bin. See, that's what I'm saying, uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Swinson there, Jonathan. Um, so, yeah, that's funny. I mean, a rubber made, right? That's like a Kleenex. I just say a Kleenex. Kate's like, oh, do you need a tissue? And I'm like, no, I just need a Kleenex. <laughs> uh, I don't need any tissues for my It's like back in the day, your grandparents would call it a Frigidaire. 
because it yeah. was the Frigidaire was the brand. I think mm-hmm. if you are if you're building a product, that is like ultimate success if the product becomes named Xerox. after your brand, right? Make yeah, you need to make a Xerox, make a copy. Yeah, totally. Um, several other examples. This episode isn't about totes, <laughs> bins, <laughs> tissues, Kleenexes, or Frigidaires, <laughs> or Xeroxes, or anything else, though. So thanks for humoring us while we uh, pull those threads out of our brain. Uh, we'll go back and count. I think it's about a 50-50, but I, I think Jonathan wins the internet with the, uh, uh, if you put plastic in front of it, it, you know, words matter, context matters. Fair so enough. That's- we decided, uh, and this was all Kate's idea, actually, but we decided that we were going to take an RV trip in the month of November to see family for about three weeks. And pretty much everybody said, why would you do that? <laughs> uh, some people said that sounds fun. Some people said that sounds expensive. Some people said that sounds stressful. And um, for me, what I shared with one of my friends, I'm like, wow, this is really interesting. You know, close, close family and friends and people that were like, hey, we're doing this. We ended up seeing, you know, pretty much all of our immediate family. Um, and so we were making plans with people and, and doing all of this. And what it became interesting to me is that when you present something like that, uh, hey, we're taking a trip, we're taking an RV trip. It tells you a lot about a person based on their response. It sounds expensive. Okay, well, what's expensive to you? How do you think about that around money? It sounds stressful. I don't know. Spending three weeks locked in a capsule with my family, <laughs> like, it could sound stressful. But for us, we're like, it'll be fun, right? Like, And, and then there were the few worse, people that said, yeah. it'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, and it was all of those things, quite yeah. frankly, depending yeah. on how you look at it. Right. Uh, it did cost more than plane tickets. Although if we had plane tickets and dog care and all this other stuff, we're not sure how much more uh, it would have cost in the alternatives. Uh, we had fun and it was stressful. It was all of those things. And yeah. that's okay. And so we had some key moments through uh, through that trip. And we thought, you know what? A part of the reason that we took this trip uh, and, and part of the result of this is to share our learning, share the outcome, share the things, share the fun parts, share the um, challenging parts. Because if you'll go into a situation with the fact that you can learn a lesson from everything, then then that's the outcome that you'll come out with. And, and that's how we approach things. And so uh, there were many lessons along the way and um, many sources of stress and fun. And I'd love to know what's the what's the key moment, Kate, that sticks out for you about our trip, and I'll let you talk about it. Oh, key moment. I think it's recognizing that we as a family can really figure out any situation, and 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 I and it that doesn't happen by accident. I, I believe that you know we've because Tanner and I really just came from a place individually when we decided to get together and get married and start a family that we were always going to be a couple and a family of learning and growing and experiencing like that was something that we were just we were just on the same page with and we knew that we were going to figure things out if we didn't fully have the answers going into our marriage that uh, we were we were committed to at least figuring it out of what would work for us as a couple and then us as a family. And we've certainly had those experiences in 
the almost four years that we've been married, you know, five years that we've been together. So, so I, I really feel like that was sort of the key thing. There were a lot of moments that were fun and we were just going with the flow and just, you know, enjoying the ride. And, and then other moments where we were really tested those circumstances, particularly with all five of us in an RV where we all have different bedtimes, but yet we all have to go to bed at the same time because there's no space to have, you know, a toddler and a baby go to bed before the rest of us. Like we're all just going to bed at the same time. Yeah. I saw that the, our bedroom real quick. I was like, oh, it has a curtain on it because we were in the back of the RV and the rest of the kids were going to be sleeping in the front of the RV. And I was like, Hey, got one with a little privacy curtain, you know, the, the shields are, are our <laughs> space. bedroom, our space that that sucker didn't get used once. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah. And like David ended up being in the bed, like we with the first night we set up the pack and play in the one space that it would fit, which really made everything else super tight, which meant we couldn't really walk, walk, rock around and move around or whatever. And, you know, uh, Charlotte and Emma on, are on the one side of the pack and play with their sleeping arrangements. We're on the other side of the pack and play and uh and and like he didn't want to sleep in there and he just you know he's he's used to his crib and being home it's covid the whole year of his life has been in our house really so this was totally new and not where he's he... one year old so his yeah. entire life has existed in our house yeah right one year old and right in, november in the same crib same bed. yeah so i mean we traveled literally the the days right before his one uh his first birthday so so yeah like he didn't want it he slept with us in the bed for the time the the nights that we were in the rv and we're like you know what we're gonna just suck it up and this is what it is so i i think that was really just the key moment we have we we certainly have like some cool stories and i think you know you'll you'll share definitely a cool story where we we were tested um but i think the overall theme and the overall key that i take away from this is we did something for the first time as a family something new we learned from this so that if we want to do it again which i think we're all on board to do it again uh what we've learned to do and repeat and not repeat for sure um and and do a little differently and that these experiences really tested and what i was going with the bedtime is that like i mean my patience can get so thin razor thin it'll razor cut thin when i am tired and nothing is going the way i want it to go like i mean razor thin and this is something that i have had to work on in my adult life to practice patience to practice like just breathing through the storm and the chaos that is happening at that very moment and when you've got a toddler and a baby and a preteen like anything is and a dog and a puppy you know like i mean it's it's chaos it is absolutely chaos and if you don't know how to practice patience uh that can get really ugly and I feel like there were some moments where it was sort of borderline getting kind of ugly. And like, I had to mentally think, okay, this is really about me. Like, how am I reacting to this? What am I doing that will uh, help the situation? What am I going to do that's really not helping the situation? And and figure out how to just like breathe through it and and handle it so that these kids can calm down, they can go to sleep, we can go to sleep like we need rest like this three-week trip was not restful at all um and it really wasn't like from the time that we ended up at my sister's and we were staying at my sister's house same thing all in the same room 
all doing the same bedtime. None of us are getting rest. Like it's just, um, it, it, it's an experience that really helped us to practice the things that we as individuals need to work on. So what I needed to work on or what Tana needed to work on, like there's always something that, you know, where we can improve. So I think that's my, my biggest like sort of theme and key takeaway is that Tanner and I are always committed to learning and growing with experiences and finding what works for us as a family. And we really were tested with that through an RV trip. Jimmy has a great question there for you. Do you have a good strategy for changing your attitude, quote unquote, when you get in a stressed, grumpy, agitated state? Uh, yeah. So I think the first thing is to uh, become aware, right? We have to be aware of what's happening. And if we're not aware that we're like flipping out, uh, you're going to keep flipping out. So the first thing or is that it's coming like that. It's or, bubbling. Cause right, I think what you're talking about is like bubbling up on the surface. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I just want to interject here real quick because we've had this with a couple of our, our uh, individual coaching clients where they're like, yeah, like we recognize when we get into a heated argument, but it's too late. And it's like, well, what does that mean? What does too late mean? What is recognizing you have a problem too late? Because you've already yelled at each other? Because you already said a couple of things that you wish you wouldn't have said? For most of us, at some point, we do have recogni recognition that like, whoa, I am like out of line, off my rocker, whatever. But we think, well, it's too late because I've already said something. I've already had a reaction. Yeah. I would say that it's actually never too late. I know that's cliche, but it's never too late to reel it back in and redirect your behavior. Yeah. And so I think for us, we've been able to go from recognizing maybe after we've stabbed each other a couple times with verbal swords and be like, ow, that hurt. Let's not do that anymore. And, and, and so we've worked from kind of that point back to like recognizing our, our own selves individually, like, whoop, Volcano's about to erupt. How do I put a lid on this sucker before I even spill it over into anybody else in my, you know, friends, family, immediate circle? So there's there's kind of different levels of awareness and different stages of awareness. But because this is a topic that we've seen with some of our clients in just recent conversations the last couple of weeks, I just want to make that point. Like it's never too late. Yeah. Unfortunately, most of us, especially if it's an argument with your spouse or somebody else, if, if it involves somebody else, most of us get so committed to our side or our behavior or the direction that we're headed that even if we do recognize like, I might be a bit out of line or like, that's not quite what I want. Like we're going to fight to the death because we don't want to look like we've changed our mind or we're backing down or we're changing direction. Most of us get, get so committed to the wrong direction and the wrong actions and we don't stop because we're afraid of what it means if we actually change course and change our behavior. So that's a lot of stuff that's just been fresh for us in, in private sessions that I want to bring up here. Now you can talk about what you actually do about it. Yeah. So, ha you know, having that awareness, right. And, and as Tanner just sort of said, how this is sort of uh, something that evolves or that there's uh, levels to awareness. Uh, that will continue to just improve and get better for you as you practice awareness, like what is happening right now. And then um, 
And then the next thing I do is um, I breathe. <laughs> like this is becoming more and more prevalent in our various masterminds that we're in with uh, mentors and the learning that we're getting from the mentors, from our therapists, like all this stuff, like you've got to stop and breathe and not just like, and this is the thing that I really want people to start to pay attention to is when we breathe, most people will breathe vertical. So when you breathe in, right, you're like, your shoulders go up, you know, and like everything just goes up, right, you know, and, but that right, is actually, you know? that's actually a very improper way to breathe. And when you breathe, you want to think of it a of, as a balloon, you like, your diaphragm, your stomach is going to expand. So when you take in air, your stomach should expand. And then when you exhale, you know, your stomach will go in. So it's belly to spine kind of thing and go in. And that's the, the diaphragm, diaphragmic breathing is so important to have proper oxygen through your body to release this fight, flight, or freeze mentality that's going on in the heat of the moment. So breathing is really, really important. And I would just say like, just stop right there, right? You see something spiraling, Okay, I'm going to pause for a second and just breathe. Let your kid freak out, like let them do whatever they're doing. I mean, provided they're safe, but you know, and just and just let that happen and regroup your 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 emotions, your thought with breath work. And the best way to also test that you're breathing properly is if you lay down. If you lay down, you cannot actually breathe wrong. And you can't breathe vertically and get your shoulders to go up if you're laying down. So you can practice what it feels like to do that uh, diaphragmatic breathing if you're laying down and you can feel your stomach go, you know, in and out. So, so that, so that's the first thing. And then, you know, I mean, really, like we we seek out help and mentors and counsel to learn the best way to approach the situation with your children or your spouse. And that's, you know, and that's what we've done. Like we start to, you know, we talk to our mentors and, and counsel for those things. Like, what do we do when we're trying to discipline our almost three-year-old and she's laughing at us and, and doesn't take us seriously? What, what is the response? You know, so we seek advice and guidance for these things. And, and then we, so that when we're in that situation, we can then apply what we're learning. So we're always learning. Like that is the thing, like, there's nothing wrong with learning. There's nothing wrong with saying, I don't really got, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing here. Let me go get some help. Like there's really nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And shout out to Jimmy again for yeah. always being on, having yeah, a great thanks, question Jimmy. to stir the conversation. Yeah. And I'll say, I mean, we've paid, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to be basically told some of the simplest things. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just breathe. breathe. But when you yeah. pay a, a, a higher amount and you're around people and you respect the people giving you the advice, like that's not the only thing they're saying, but that is a common thread for us over the last 12 months from, from a couple groups in particular that are dedicated to high performance, the importance of your breath. And the other thing that's important is doing inner work specifically, you know, meditation or prayer. We each have our own version of that, that we mm -hmm. do our best to do you know, in the morning or earlier on in the day. And, and for me, like four or five years ago, like that was really the key to starting to have an awareness because we hear this like, oh, awareness, you need self-awareness and, you know, EQ, you need emotional intelligence and all these things that are, you know, thrown around and it's like, okay, but how? 
And when I linked to the fact that when you meditate and, and, and have, you know, meaningful per, or conscious purposeful prayer, like when you take time out of your day and you stop to, you know, engage in sort of your mind being connected, your eyes closed, you facing your own thoughts, you facing um, and, and being, you know, in communion with God or whatever you, you view as a spiritual source. When you stop and take that time, that's what brings the awareness and that's what gives you the tools in the heat of the moment, in the middle mm -hmm. of the day when you're stressed and you're tired and yep. things are going wrong. That's where you're like, oh, okay, wait a minute. Like this isn't going um, as I want. Let me stop, breathe and, and reset. So talking about that, I feel like that's kind of a whole other episode that we should like yeah, let's do. do that. Uh, like I got a title called Just Breathe. Um, you know, and I think we can, I think yeah. we can talk about, we can talk about that. That's definitely a great question, Jimmy. And yeah. I think, you know, for me, you know, the highlight, the low light, whatever the story <laughs> out of the trip is I got the RV stuck in, uh, a grass field in some snow in the middle of rural Ohio. Ohio. I get yeah. Iowa and Ohio yeah, mixed Ohio. up all the time. Ohio. Ohio, uh, stuck in the middle of, of rural Ohio, the backside of a hotel and a grass field that had been raining all day and it turned to snow and I turned around and like, I knew immediately like, oh shit, we're stuck. I felt it sink. I felt the wheels slip. That was at about midnight and proceeded midnight on Monday, right? We left on Monday our way home. Yeah. On, on our way home. So everything had gone great for the first two weeks, aside from, you know, everything not going great with sleep and stress and kids and all that. Yeah. Other and stuff. all the kids are up, right? Like, I mean, maybe David was sleeping in the, but, you know, still, yeah. like it's midnight. We got to put these kids to bed and here we are. Stuck. And so the issue with the RV is that you can only run the heater and it's cold enough to snow. So it was just under 32 degrees. You can only run the heater for two hours consecutively uh, or two hours at all when it's on um, the generator, the generator, right, yeah. basically. So we needed to be plugged in to to have heat for the night. But and I'll add, this is one of the things if we do an RV trip again that we'll do differently is do it in warmer months because more campgrounds are open. Yeah. And can... most people might be like, well, duh, of course you shouldn't drive an RV in the winter. There's actually a lot of RV parks that are open. open yeah. There's a lot of people that do this. We saw people out there. Uh, the biggest thing is we didn't have a plan. And if you know me, I'm pretty fluid. And uh, that can be one of my strengths is that I don't roll with a super tight plan and strength over exerted can become your weakness. And in this case, it certainly became my Achilles heel. Not having a plan worked out for us really well going out there because yeah. we would just drive and we're like, well, are we really going to sit at the RV park and wind the kids down? Or are we just going to drive for an extra hour or two and let them sort of get wound down? So by the time we get in and set up, like they're ready to go to bed. And so we were kind of figuring that whole schedule out. No problems looking on the little RV park app, finding an RV place, pulling in, da da da, doing that on the way out there. On the way back, little bit of a different situation, especially in Ohio. We knew that it was going to snow. It started to snow. We made the decision. I said, hey, I can pull over now 
there's a cluster of RV parks. We can probably find a place to park. I can pull Although, over and, now. And we weren't 100% sure what would be open. Or we can drive for another hour and a half or so until the next sort of area. Because these they're in clusters around places that you know people come to visit and stuff. So there was another cluster, but it was going to be an hour or so. And so we made the decision, hey, let's drive. Um, let's get as far ahead, ahead of, of the, the storm. storm and close to back home. And like as soon as we made that decision, boom, the friggin' snow came down on like it was bad. Like I really couldn't see we were single file line with trucks on a, you know, three lane interstate, but there was really only kind of one lane and I'm not sure we were even driving in a lane. The windshield wiper was duct taped on with high heel duct tape because that broke earlier because it was raining so much. And so it like within minutes of making the decision to go on we got hit with the storm and and i can draw a lot of parallels to that in life where it's like (laughs) yeah let's do that and it's like oh man maybe 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 that wasn't the right decision or maybe it was because there was a lesson in there so we drove we ended up driving to like four different rv parks in the snow late at night they were closed they had gates down they were closed for the winter all of this stuff, nobody's answering the phones, you know, even in the afternoons, they, they're, most of them like don't really have somebody there all the time. So we just sort of were playing the, the RV park lottery and um, couldn't find one, couldn't find one. And I was like, okay, you know what? We're just going to stay in this hotel. Diana, we actually did have solar power. The, the RV does have solar power, but there's a, there's a funky thing with the, with the heater. So we we're like, you know what? Let's just go stay in the hotel. And I was like, but I think, I think that park is back here. Like, let's just double check this. And it was like, literally, we had made the decision to stay in the hotel down the street. I just wanted to go check something and turn around before we did that. And boom, got stuck. So we called a couple of places to do 24-hour towing. A couple people were too far away. One guy did not really sound sober and sound at two o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, (laughs) no, dude, you're not coming to pull me out. So I was like let's run the heater as long as we can and we'll sleep here. And like, I don't think we're going to freeze to death. It might get kind of cold, but let's see what we can do. So we did. Well, we, and we really had no choice. I mean, at the end of the day, we didn't have a choice. There was no place that no, no one was going to be able to tow us out and we're stuck. So we're like, okay, how are we and going? there's that too. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, we could have called gonna... some more places. Like if we had to get out, I'm sure we would have figured it out, but we were like, let's do this. Uh, we probably could have got out and walked to the hotel. Like there are always other options, but to us at two o'clock in the morning, we're like the best option is to just tough it out and sleep here. So meanwhile, I'm in the back with the kids, so I don't fully see. And of course it's like a snowstorm. So I don't fully see like the outside where we were, what happened. Like I'm, you know, I'm just like, we're stuck. And, you know, you tried a few different ways. We were working to try to get the, RV unstuck, uh, but you know, wheels are spinning and it's just not happening. It's an RV. It's a 30 foot RV that we had literally just thrown, you know, a a whole back end full of stuff and gifts and like, yeah, it wasn't moving. Right. And so, you know, we, we get everyone to bed and, and we, you know, we run the generator. So we get some heat going and basically what we ended up having to do is just sort of every once in a while, we kind of just woke up and like would hit the generator to get some heat cranking in. And so it wasn't really a, a steady, you know, straight out of so many hours of sleep. But I remember going to bed being like, I don't really know where we are. And we are stuck. We are sitting ducks. We are sitting ducks. Our go to hell bags are in the back 
part of the RV, not inside with us. God forbid anyone wants to mess with us, like any of the things that we would need to sort of have like protection. Go to hell bag is the like protection goods if we need yeah, to like, go somewhere, survival bag. Survival bag, right? You know, I'm like, they're in the back part, which means you have to actually get out of the RV to go to the back and get it. I'm like, he's already in a place of like, this is like, I already know how he feels with what just happened that I'm like, oh, and by the way, we we're sitting ducks like, can you just go out in the snow and go get the go to hell bags? I mean, I, I mean, maybe I should have said something. I don't know. Maybe he could have thought of that. Maybe so. Whatever. We didn't do it. And I was like, and I laid down. I'm like, dear Lord, we are sitting ducks. Please don't let anyone mess with this RV while we are here through the overnight. We are a family. We got young kids. Like, please just keep us protected. And he did, you know, and uh, we woke up in the morning. Sun's out. It's a beautiful, snowy yeah, it was a great day. Uh, morning, and um, we got called a, somebody. They came over a, in forty-five minutes. They towed us out. We were on the road. Li- yeah, we didn't and have to wait very long. Then the weather actually got really <laughs> bad in eastern Ohio, and so then we can play like, well, were we better off going forward? And even though we got stuck, but having much milder weather because the weather for the rest of our trip was, was fine. Great, yeah. Yeah, or yeah. if we would have pulled over and waited and then been further into Ohio, like you never know. But the point is that I think out of that, we learned like, listen, we were, we committed to the decision. We made a decision. Yep. We're going to keep going. There were consequences to that decision. The other lesson was like, it was late. And, and should, should I have thought about like, where am I turning around and wait a minute, that doesn't look like, you know, a safe place or that that's concrete and I'm going to turn around in the grass. Like, sure, if it wouldn't have been midnight and it hadn't been driving all day, maybe I would have thought of those things. But there were a lot, a lot of lessons packed in there. Mm -hmm. And it also could have torn us apart. Like, I knew she wasn't happy. I could feel her eyes burning through the back (laughs) of my head from, you know, the back of the RV. And I'm like, well, guess what? It's not up to me to... Like, like I, like we had this issue when we got together. I'm like, I don't control how you feel. Like I may have done something stupid. I may have been an asshole, but I don't control how you feel. I can apologize. I can do my best to clean up my mess. I cannot control how you feel. And so I'm like, well, she's going to be the way she's going to be. And I think vice versa, you knew the same thing. Like he's probably not super thrilled with himself right now. And like just jumping down my case and like, why did you do this? And what about this? And could this have been avoided? Like all of these things that we just, we've been there, but we're seeing with, you know, our our coaching clients that like when your spouse is weak, rather than support them and lift them up, you use that as an opportunity to like go for their throat because somehow you feel like you're in a, in a competition in a marriage or you're like, you know what, my spouse makes me feel bad in these other types of scenarios. And so when I have an opportunity to step on their neck, I do it. Like, yeah, I'm being a little extreme with the visuals, but that's literally what happens is when there's a a weakness or some issue in the one person in a marriage, in many cases, we see that as an opportunity to be like, let me make sure they know I'm right. Let me be, you know, let me put them in the corner even further rather than being like, how do I lift them up? How, you know, Kate, even though she was stressed, was like, how do I hold my tongue? How do I just like take care of my own fears and anxieties so that it doesn't spill over onto me? And like, 
you know, there's a tension in the in the in the room or in vehicular room. And my daughter, real quick, my ten year old daughter then took the place of like pushing me further in the corner and being like, well, what about this? Why'd you get us stuck? What now? Are you going to get a tow truck? What's going to happen? How much is this going to cost? And I was like, listen, so she saw the opportunity to go for the throat. And I'm like, "Mm, not helpful right now. Right. But I didn't lash out at her. I was just like, I know what you're doing and it's not helpful right now. I'm not going to engage. Like you go, go to bed. I'll handle this. And like, we'll be on the road in the morning, but like, I'm not taking your shit. And a lot of us can also get in that situation where your kids or your spouse or your ex or whoever it is like gets your goat because you're in a weak place and then you engage and all of a sudden you go back and forth. And it's what I talked about earlier, where now you're having an argument, a disagreement, and you're so committed to your position that like you don't stop to think like, what am I doing here? Why am I doing this? And is this going to get me the outcome that I want? And, and, you know, back to our previous episode last week, you know, words matter, right? So our words matter and what we say to our spouse or even our child, you know, our children in the heat of that moment, you know, they, they matter. And as, and, and as far as a couple, you know, you guys are on the same team. You are on the same team as your spouse. So when one is weak, you know, one made the hiccup, made the, they made the mistake or whatever, tearing that person down doesn't help the situation. What helps the situation is to then stand up and be the strong one. Right. So I could have lashed out. I could have just been really irritated and pissed off and, and shown that in passive aggressive behavior which I, I can do really well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was like, but that's not what Tanner needs right now. That's not what's going to help him in the situation. And it's not going to help the situation, right? So I, I, I mean, it really was a very um, natural, conscious thing that I was just like, yeah, I don't need to go, you know, flip a lid about, about what happened. Am I super thrilled about it? No. Am I a little concerned about, you know, what happens to the overnight? Sure. But uh, at the end of the day, I was like, yeah, getting all worked up about it is not what's going to help. And, and, and that, like we shared that story with our therapist, like the week after, you know, it all happened or that, you know, the next call that it happened. And I mean, she was just like blown away about the progress. Cause she was like, look at all the work that you've done over the weeks and the months. Uh, Cause that, we've known her almost two years, two now. years now. So yeah. like she knows our shit yeah. in and out pretty well and Meet with her almost weekly. Yeah. And it's, and so she was just like, think of all the things that you have worked through to be able to let go and move forward and create a new future and all that stuff. Like you've been able to do all that work that allowed you to just stay calm in a very stressful situation, you know? So it's just, you know, there's such value in, um, and, and seeking out people to help you and guide you and give you a different perspective so that when you're in these moments, um, you can really handle them with calm and grace and perspective, you know? So, yeah, you know, and that's why we're like, yeah, let's share some of these tools with you. And that's why we're doing the arguments to intimacy challenge. Arguments to intimacy.com. Intimacy um, what's going on? We're going to have one in January. We're going to have one in February. Uh, Valentine's Day, of course. We're like, we've got to do this. But arguments to intimacy.com, mm. the wait list is there. 
the yeah, Jimmy, full details putting, will be there um, putting the probably by the prayer. time this goes up on the podcast. So, yeah. yes, you did put the serenity prayer into, into action. action. And the last thing that I'll say that I that I just wanted to, to, to make a point of is that, like, I was getting my mental ammo ready, right? Like, I knew she was probably going to be upset. I know how she can get in these stressful situations. But I didn't I it could have been it could have been easy for me to almost spill that over and anticipate an argument and like get defensive and or over apologetic or whatever. And and I didn't, you know, so I was just like, hey, sorry, it sucks. Like we got to deal with this again. We're just this isn't how we would have always handled this type of situation. And we're seeing and, you know, some of our clients and, and we're able to help people through that. Like. Yeah it's not a life or death situation. Right. Like, I mean, it could have been sure. Somebody could have came, like we saw Fox running through the woods, like <laughs> right outside of our windows. So, you know, the Fox could have came and tore the screens off or somebody could have came and found us. We were in a pretty rural area, whatever. A lot of things could have happened. I was fearing that the hotel manager was going to come knock and be like, what the hell did you do? You know, to my grass yeah. back here. Like there was a number of things that could have happened that, that didn't. didn't right. um, and we didn't allow that to, to get, to us and as nikki uh commented she, this is what makes the great memories and it's right you know like it's yeah. so true like now we have this story we have lessons out of it we have so many memories from this rv trip and we're gonna uh we're gonna do it again yeah and the one thing when my daughter's asked about like hey what was your favorite part of the trip i've heard her tell like three people this now when my dad got the RV stuff, right? <laughs> so that's like three weeks. We had a bunch of great time. We went to this beautiful state park in uh, Illinois. Like yeah. we did all of these things. We saw all of our family and all of this stuff. And it's like, what's the highlight when we got yes. the RV stuck? And I think there's, I think there's a lot of value in being able to go through something like that, handle it without tearing each other apart, and then being able to come out the other side and tell people that and like, hey, here's a lesson I learned. There's a bunch of other lessons that, that I also learned in that that we can can talk about in a further episode. Um, but like, here's the lessons I've learned from the challenges in my life. And and you become a person of great value if you're able to do that and, and share that, you know, with others. And just simply for yourself, like stop making the, the same mistakes, stop having the same challenges. And there are a lot more people that are committed to being a victim, having, you know, this happened to me. You don't understand this thing, this thing, this thing. And listen, I get it. Um, it's it's uh, life is challenging, but I think it's challenging for all of us. And so we just encourage you um, if that fits for you to adopt that mindset of thinking about how you can. Um, take the, you know, lemons that life give us as, as they say, and turn them into lemonade. And uh, that's what we're doing in the arguments to intimacy challenge. We'd yeah. love to see you in there. It's a free challenge, at least for these first couple arguments to intimacy.com. And to sign uh, up. we'll, we'll come back with a second part of this and uh, talk a little bit more specifically about the breathing and yeah. uh, maybe just overall stress management um, activities in general. Yeah, I love that idea. And um, yeah, be able to be able to share that because that's like a whole episode in itself. All right. All right. Thanks, thanks for listening. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a, a wonderful Christmas holiday, depending Merry on Christmas. when you listen to this. You might hear it on Christmas, but Merry Christmas either way. And Happy New Year if you're listening to it later. 
and uh, maybe Happy Easter, even <laughs> if uh, you, <laughs> you're finding us way, way, way in the future. We're, we're addressing people in the future. We're so. excited to kick off 2021 with you. So thanks so much for always joining us and supporting us. Thanks, thanks for listening to this episode of The One Relationship. Be sure to subscribe right now. And we'd love it if you could do us a quick favor, too. Please rate and review this podcast. This will help others who want to strengthen their marriage discover our content. To get our free marriage manifesto today, head over to theonerelationship.com. And while you're there, we'd love to hear from you. Just hit the Contact Us button and send us your questions and feedback. Join us next time for more Real Talk on The One Relationship.